Please note that the opinions and views depicted in the CORDcast do not reflect the views and values of the CORD or the CORD's editorial board. They solely reflect the views of the individuals present on the CORDcast. Welcome to a great new school year, Golden Hawks! Today we're talking about all things orientation. This is the CORDcast. tuning into the CORDcast. This is our special O-Week edition. I'm your host, Brielle. Here's a rundown of what happened in our news section for this issue. On Saturday, September 8th, Wilfrid Laurie's Orientation Week celebration for incoming students will host Shine Day, the main event for Shinerama, a charitable fundraiser involving numerous campuses through Canada that raises money for cystic fibrosis research through Cystic Fibrosis Canada. This O-Week, the Laurie Sustainability Office and EcoHawks are teaming up for a free store. Hilary Scanlon, fourth-year global studies student at Laurier, has taken to creating accessible waste and recycling options on campus for those with vision impairments. Allison Pick has been named the new writer-in-residence, a paid residency at the university for 10 weeks, where the author dedicates 40% of their time to Laurier projects and programs like classroom visits, leading workshops or lectures, and participating in community programming. Katie Psutka, Laurier's first bio and chem PhD, is making liquid crystals. The newly completed segregated bike lanes running along King Street and Uptown Waterloo are now available for use by the public after over a year of delayed construction. Waterloo Region will be voting on October 22, 2018 as part of the Municipal Council and School Board elections taking place across Ontario. And that's it for news. Today I'm joined by some members of the CORE team to discuss the issue. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Since it's O-Week, let's have you say your names, positions, and what year and program you're in. I'm Madeline. I'm the Features Editor, and I'm a fourth-year Film Studies and History double major. My name's Catherine. I'm a third-year Communication. My name is Garrison. I'm a fourth-year Film Studies major. And I'm Brielle, your host. I'm a fourth-year Accounting and Finance major. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, the way this podcast works is every two weeks, we pick a couple stories in the newspaper, and we talk about them. Our featured story this issue is called, When Does Giving an Apple Turn Into Getting Coffee? So Maddie is the writer for this story. Can you give us some insight on what's behind that enigmatic title? Well, because this is the O-Week issue, I was trying to write something that first years would really relate to. Um, so high school teachers are a lot different from university profs. So I went in trying to explain the differences between them and talking to a bunch of different university profs to see what they had to say about these big etiquette issues. The main takeaway is really just to build a relationship with your prof, that they're just people, they're not that scary, but you also have to treat them in a professional manner. So I took some information from the web on pet peeves that professors have, and I just want to go around and see which one of us has actually done this in class. I feel like we've done a lot of these. Text messaging friends in class or using social media? Definitely. I have. I have too. We're off to a bad start, okay. Uh, Turning in papers without staples. Never done that. Like One of our professors, Dr. Spring, will deduct marks if it's Mm -hmm. not stapled, so. So we learned our lesson. (laughs) You do very quickly. And do they have, like, particular quirks about how you staple it? Because I know some professors want it, like, slanted or, like. Oh, no. Never that. Just just top left corner is all I've ever heard. Okay. Chronic lateness. 
No, I'm, I'm never really late. I'm never late. Are you sure? 100%. Okay. 15 minutes early. Really? Maybe K5. Blowing off appointments. So I'm guessing these are appointments to office hours. I would usually cancel in advance. I don't usually blow off. Pack your things as class is ending. Oh yeah, I do that all the time. I'm pretty bad at that. Yeah, I feel like I do this a lot too. And it's usually because my next class is like across campus or something like that. So I feel like it's justified, but it's probably still really rude. Grade grubbing. So I think this means more um, when you get a mark you don't really like and you want to go to the professor and see if you can get a few extra marks out of them. I've done this before. I usually give it like 24 hours to sit on the grade and see like, did I actually put in the effort or did I not put in the effort and mm -hmm. then go for that. But I have definitely gone in the past just being like, can you bump this up by 2%, you know, like mm -hmm. something as little as that. Yeah. I did. I, I tried in my first year and I wasn't very good at it, so it didn't end up very well. So. Futs with paper formatting. So that's like um, if, let's say, you had a 10-page paper and then you mess up with the margins so that you can get it to 10 pages, but maybe you only had nine, or mess with um, the font size, stuff like that. I don't think I've ever done that. My problem is always I write too much and I have to cut things down. So. Oh, okay. Well, do you ever make it like size 11 instead of size 12? Oh, no, no. I, I usually just like reword my papers, mm -hmm. just make them go down. One time in first year, I changed the size of the font of like majority of the periods. <laughs> does that actually make that much of a difference? It does. Yeah, I was going to say it does. And do you guys hand those in like um, printed out? Well, both. Yeah, it's normally it's both. But aren't you ever afraid they'll like check the... Size, size of the period? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the punctuation will increase. They won't know. That's true. That's true. Well, I, I guess if you highlight them. the whole document, don't yeah. they see that there's no, like, consistent... Um, I'm not sure. I'm just gonna uh, yeah, like, mind you, is, like, they have so many students, like, the odds that they're gonna pick your one paper mm -hmm. is, like, super minimal. Yeah, that's and true. And it's only periods. Like, you're not, like... Like, I see... I think I feel like margins is, like, a different story. Because mm -hmm. that's noticeable. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you have, like... 50 right back to back and they exactly. all have the same starting uh, spot yeah. and then all of a sudden there's one over to the right That's a little. Pad your essay introductions and conclusions with fluff. My essays are like Michael Scott at Phyllis's wedding. <laughs> I just do a whole lot of introductions and then later on I pick the best one but it's just a bunch of introductory sentences. Mm -hmm. One thing I would recommend actually to first year students if you're having trouble writing introductions is write your introduction last. Because the introduction is like a roadmap to your paper, and if you haven't written your paper yet, you don't know what the roadmap is going to be. So if you're just having fluff introductions, that might help. It's true. That's what I'm doing with this podcast. I'm waiting till the end to record the introduction. <laughs> Keeping earbuds in your ears during class. No, that's so rude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Calling professors by their first names. I don't think I've done that to their face, but I have done it behind their back. Okay, yes, same. Eating a meal in class. I don't think I've ever had a meal during class. Definitely snacks, but not a meal. I don't think I've even eaten in class before. Are you guys serious? I always eat in class. <laughs> do you guys not have class during like lunchtime? Or what if you have back-to-back -back classes? What do you do? I just manage my time. Okay. <laughs> Beforehand. That oh, actually wow, reminds no. me. We had that one or two classes back-to-back -back, and they're in the same room. Yeah. Ten minutes apart. So I did bring snacks. Last one. Going to the washroom in the middle of class. I think I've done that in, in a tutorial, but I don't think I've ever done it in a lecture. You gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> True. I have to. It's not even about gotta go. I, I just need to stretch my legs. So. A story in our sports section this week was called Finding the Exercise That Works for You. It was written by our web director, Harrison. 
Uh, now, this was a very personal story about how you developed your own exercise routine. A big part of what I wanted to input into the story was finding positive um, reinforcement to reward yourself for your working out. I found that I didn't stick out with uh, stick with workout routines before because I was focusing on a long-term goal and then I got really, I guess, bored sometimes or I lacked motivation because it was such a far away goal. And then when I decided to like look at each day, each workout and try and find the positive in that, I stuck with it a lot more. So for example, um, I like going on the treadmill at the Laurier gym because I can see people walking on the sidewalk and I usually zone out and I just kind of people watch and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that makes it more enjoyable for me. So it's like the immediate positive reinforcement. I was really bad at fitness and sort of this dieting thing before I went on exchange. Mm -hmm. um, and when I went on exchange, I had to walk everywhere because there was no bus pass and I had to pay for train tickets, which would bring me across city, but not necessarily around the general area. Mm -hmm. So I started walking everywhere and I found that I was so much happier and my mental health was better when I started walking. Um, so my parents got me a Fitbit um, and I've been using the Fitbit all the time and trying to hit all of their goals. So like... Uh, the 10,000 steps a day and the exercising five times a week for at least 30 minutes. That's been super helpful for me. And I found that it's helped my mental health a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where I come from with the whole fitness thing. I'll go to the gym occasionally, but it's not something that I typically go to unless I've got friends to come with me. Mm -hmm. um, but there's nothing stopping me from walking to class instead of taking the bus or yeah. walking around during that 10 minutes in the, the gap between classes. That's so interesting that you started thinking about exercise more when you were traveling, because I feel like it's usually the opposite for most people. Like once they start traveling, they stop all exercise. This is an article that was like pretty near and dear to my heart because I always experiment with different like exercise regimes and also like different kinds of diets. So I've been vegan, I've been vegetarian, I've been on the keto diet, um, just like all sorts. I'm still on my journey to, I guess, find a diet that's right for me. But for exercise, I think I've found a pretty good routine for myself. I'm a Waterloo student. In Waterloo, we have this uh, shoe tag class. So we can subscribe. I think it's for $50 a term. You can um, have unlimited access to all of these group fitness classes. So it's like a drop-in. So my friends and I will usually pick a few that we want to go to every term and then it's a good social activity as well. The last time we picked one that was at 8 a.m., which was a mistake because none of us ever went. But I think the shoe tag is a good way to do it. I'm sure Lori has a similar... They do, for sure. Yeah, they have a similar um, kind of system. And also for when I want to work out by myself, really recommend fitness apps. The one I use... We're not sponsored, but the one I use is called Sweat uh, by Kayla Itzenes. She's, a, she's an Australian fitness guru I guess um, and she just takes you through very basic exercises you can do by yourself either at home or at the gym um, and I find when I only have like maybe 30 minutes to spare it's a really good pick-me-up. The last story we're going to talk about today was a special O-Week edition story and it was called The Cord Picks Best University Advice. So we're some of the members of the Cord but there's a lot more of us. Six of the people on our editorial team talked about the best advice they were given in first year. And Kate, you were one of the contributors to the story. You talked about the three S's of school. Shit, shower, and some golden. From the internet again, I found some advice that upper years give freshmen. And I want to see if you guys agree with them. All right, you don't need to be besties with your freshman year roommate. I would somewhat agree with that, just as long as you make an effort to get along. Don't buy textbooks until after the first day of classes. 
I would say the exact opposite. Buy oh. your textbooks as soon as possible. You can return them up until the end of September anyway. So if you find you don't need them, buy them before the lines get really bad and then return them after the lines have dissipated. That's a tricky one because it definitely is a bad habit of mine where I don't want to buy the textbooks until I see what we're working with and how much we're working with each book. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it depends on the course that I think a lot of, <laughs> I don't want to be like mean or anything, but English courses sometimes have more fluff and sometimes you can find PDFs online. It's true. It's true. And so some, it depends definitely. I mean, a business course, you're going to need exactly what they're going to tell you and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it kind of depends. Caveat about that is for casebooks, for business classes, you can't return. And I'm sure like it's also true for some other subjects. Um, so just be mindful when you're purchasing. If you're planning on returning, some of them do have a non-refundable policy. Meet your professors in person, either in office hours or after lecture. I would definitely recommend going to office hours if you want a reference in the future, um, whether you're going to grad school or applying for a job, your professors will need to know your face and your name and be able to give you a good reference. So going to office hours will build that relationship beyond just sitting in a classroom or asking a quick question after class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. It's, it's such great advice. I usually go, if I have a presentation or a paper that I'm having a little bit of confusion about, I go in and I just kind of talk with them about it. Um, and that's great for the face, the facial recognition, and then but it also really helps my work. I would recommend uh, meeting your professors in person as well, but I would be wary of going to them after a lecture because the professors often have another lecture afterwards. They have places to be. Maybe they're like commuting and then they're going home. So um, if you want to talk to them and it's going to take more than maybe two minutes, I would just book a time with them. Not all professors have office hours, but all of them are willing to book time with you, even for a phone call if that's what you want. If you don't like your program, change it. Absolutely. Um, I changed my program in my first semester, first year pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, I found something that I was getting better grades in and really enjoyed more, um, so I switched it, and now in fourth year, I don't regret it at all. I would disagree with that. I feel like if you're in, like, a program, there's so much that you can work with that within that program. Like, you're not super, like, specific with, like, what you have to do when you're older. Especially if you're in, like, a broader program, you can just, like, pick the classes that you are interested in, and especially with... Second year, I find, like, the classes became way more specific and stuff that I was actually interested in. Yeah. So I feel like first year would be, like, quick to do it. Okay, you might want to stick it out and see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Garrison? Um, I would agree because that's what I did. I think it would depend on how big of a change. I was in psychology, and I knew that I wasn't going to enjoy those sciences, and although I like the social psychology and some parts of it, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be enough to me through the cognitive psychology and the more scientific biological parts so I wanted to go where I was um, more skilled and then was also having more fun. So Maddie and Garrison since you guys both changed your program did you change your program mm -hmm. in first year as after, well? Yeah after first year from psychology to film studies. Right so did you guys already I guess like in high school maybe did you have an inkling that um, you weren't sure if this was the program for you and then it just reinforced it when you came into university or were you more like blindsided by the whole experience of it? I was kind of blindsided coming out of high school I got an award for having the highest GPA in English for my high school so mm -hmm. it was like I was going in for English and I was really excited about it Then I took three English courses in first semester first year 
and I did not like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed film. Um, and that's just something I'd taken as an elective because one of my English teachers from high school suggested taking film studies as an elective. And I liked it so much more. So it's not something I ever would have expected coming into university, but just taking those elective classes can help out to choose what you really actually like. And Garrison, what about you? I didn't know what I really wanted when I came to university. Um, my high school years, I didn't get some of the courses I was supposed to get, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to become an engineer at that time. Oh. <laughs> and then I didn't know what to do, but I knew I wanted to go to university. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied for psychology because it just seems like a good coverall. Um, mm-hmm. And then once I found film studies, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. To keep going with the advice, test drive your professor. So this is like taking a course and then like in the first few classes, figuring out if you like your professor or not and dropping the course. Absolutely. One of the pieces of advice that I pass along to anyone who will listen is if you don't like the course within the first hour, drop it. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to have it for three uh, three hours a week for 12 weeks and you don't like it in the first hour, there's no point in staying in it. Mm-hmm. Find something else that'll be more useful for your time. I would slightly disagree. I think the course matters, but I don't think the professor generally just okay. because, like, I don't know, once you're at a university and you're in the professional world, you're going to get stuck with working with people that you don't like, and I think it's kind of like a skill builder, almost working it out with the professor, That's but true. if you don't like the course, definitely change it, because you will never go to lectures, and you will not do good on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't even try to do all your readings. I shouldn't say that you should try to do all of your readings, because I'm the absolute worst with that. Sometimes I won't even crack a textbook. There's been times I've done a presentation on a reading that I haven't even read. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it does. I'm really good at bullshitting. Did you do well in that presentation? Yeah, I did. Oh, was I there? Did I see it? No. Okay. No, we can talk about it later, though. <laughs> I think the best advice that I have is if you don't do your readings, really pay attention to what you talk about in class. Like, there's one course that Garrison and I both took, Classical Film Theory. It was one of my favorite courses in university, and I skipped out on a lot of readings for that. But we went over them during class and we got the important material. So mm-hmm. when it came time for the exam, I knew what to look for, even if I hadn't done the readings. I would say try to do them because, like, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely gets hectic, though. I usually go kind of like with, with what Maddie said. Um, when I don't really get the lecture, but I do take away the key points, then I go back to the reading and I look through the key points afterwards mm-hmm. after we've kind of discussed it, especially when it's not clear because... I need to make it clear when we're already talking about it. I know I'm not going to revisit it until the exams come and then it'll be lost, right? So mm-hmm. you have to get as much as you can in the week that you're covering. If you get a bad professor, fire them, then hire a tutor. I think firing them just means not going to class, but instead making it up with tutoring. I would disagree with that. I think tutors are like good resources if you have the money for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, your professor is the one that if you're taking their class. I think I would disagree as well. Okay, work part-time to reduce your debt load. I would agree with that. Um, If you can handle it as well as your school, I would definitely recommend getting a part-time job, especially on campus, because the campus jobs will really understand your commitments as a student and try and work around your class schedule where they can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it'll it'll really help in the long run. Also, just for something to put on a resume. I think it's a good option. I think the important part is doing something more than just classes. I've run into some people that just come to class and then they go back home mm-hmm. and that's all and I think that's probably a bad idea you should be involved in a lot of things even if it is volunteer or um, intramurals like we discussed um, or a part-time job 
you should probably fill your time or learn time management outside of just your school. That kind of goes into another point that another piece of advice that someone had, which was don't get too involved. I would absolutely 100% agree with that. I know that I'm too involved. Like I've got so many things going on this year. Mm -hmm. um, and I wish I had said no earlier. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for all the opportunities I have now. Yeah. Um, but there are so many opportunities in university that you have to really pick and choose what you want to do and when. I agree with Maddie. I feel like I'm too involved in this stressful year. <laughs> Be obsessed with the requirements to graduate. I would agree to an extent. I wouldn't say obsessed, but make sure you definitely know them and you're checking them often. Mm -hmm. um, I got too obsessed and I'm already actually done one of my degrees oh, of awesome. my double majors. I finished it in third year, first semester of third year, because I took so many courses right away trying to get them all out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, if you really like your major, try and spread it out. Don't try and do it all at once um, would be my advice. But also, please make sure that you're getting everything you need to graduate. Nobody wants to come back for an extra semester just to do one course. That's true. Yeah, I would agree with Maddie. So we're getting to the end of our pod, so it's time to answer this issue's vocal cord question. This week, the question was, what advice would you give to a first year? The biggest specific advice I would give to a first year is to use a four-month wall calendar. At the beginning of the semester, put in all of your due dates. You'll see it all at a glance, and you'll see like, oh, wow, I have three midterms and two essays coming up next week. I should probably start that, <laughs> mm -hmm. versus flipping the day in your paper calendar and be like, oh my god, how am I going to do this? Having it all at once will give you an opportunity to plan ahead, and that'll be totally invaluable when it comes to those busy weeks. Enjoy your time at university because it goes by fast. I would be stay active, do different things. And... Thanks Maddie, Garrison, and Kate for joining me here for chat. And thank you for all of those who tuned in to listen. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email me at cordcast at thecord.ca. Let's have a great year, guys. Bye for now. Thank you to the staff and volunteers at Radio Laurier and Lulu Sip for helping to make this program happen. Our music is provided by Steve Dave for Life.